Hi, my name's Will Hooley and proud ambassador of Looseheads, USA International and San Diego Legion player and you are listening in to the Looseheads podcast. Yo, Looseheads listeners, let's kick it. Looseheads podcast. All right, stop. Turn it up and listen. Loose it back with a new conversation, something. Grabs a hold of me tightly. Emotions and fears in the daily and nightly. Will it ever stop? Yo, I don't know. Tackle the sigma and we'll know. Come in our clubhouse and set your mind free. Cause rugby's a place where I can just be me. Loose it's Hello, Will. Welcome to the Loose Edge Clubhouse podcast for this Major League Rugby special ahead of the start of the 2023 league season this weekend. And as always with this podcast, the first question comes from our partners at Talk Club, and that is, how are you today out of 10? Ah, there you go. I'm actually, I feel like I'm in a, I'm, I'm a seven, um, so I'm in, I'm in a good space. Um, so the sun is shining here in California. Uh, so that automatically puts me above a five. Um, and um, I'm feeling that the reason I'm probably not an absolute 10 out of 10 is we've been working hard. Pre-season has been happening. So the body's a bit sore and tight, a bit yeah. tired. Um, but that's all part of the part of the job. But ultimately, overall, feeling really good and um, yeah, blessed to do what I'm doing. Yeah, hopefully we can bring you up to an eight then with this chat and um, quite a, a timely, quite a timely podcast as well. You being based in the States as we've just had the Super Bowl. Um, I saw your Instagram story, actually. You had a very good setup for that. Uh, Rob, it's who you know. It's who you know. <laughs> I, have, I, have pl- I have plenty I have plenty of messages saying, like, who on earth have you managed to talk your way into this? Um Look, it, my, my wife and I, we, we've managed to make some um, expat Brit, British friends around the area. And they're actually involved in, in football coaching. And uh, yeah, that was one of their uh, their high standard friends or bosses or whatever you want to call it, who, who lives yeah. in a lovely place. So uh, yeah, it was um, it was a Super Bowl experience which might have differed to others, but um, I enjoyed it nonetheless. Yeah. What was the what was the setup? Right, Ben, how do I describe this? Um, you talked about California, Californication earlier. So just like it was the rolling <laughs> rolling hills, sea was in the background, a sort of infinity pool. Um, and uh, yeah, just screamed money, to be honest. <laughs> sounds, that sounds like the Welsh Valley. It sounds good. The hills and then the water. It sounds brilliant. <laughs> I um, I I lasted until, well, I lasted about 10 minutes and I fell asleep. Did you watch it, Ben? No, I mean, I don't, uh, I don't follow any um, American football. Yeah, yeah. Ben, Ben, how are you out of 10? Yeah, I'm good. Um, I am, yeah, I'm going to say pretty high, nine, 9 out of 10. I had a good good weekend uh, up in Scotland. Um, and yeah, feeling good this week. Sun is shining in Wales as well. So I can feel like spring is coming. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good, mate. Thanks. Yeah. And you, you, were at, you were in Scotland, but you were at Murrayfield. Obviously not the result that both of us hoped for, but a good game nonetheless. Yeah, great game. I'm yeah, like, like I said in the last podcast with uh, Matt, um, is I'm yeah, I'm enjoying rugby now as a fan. Even even though whether win or lose, I'm just enjoying the experience. And Murrayfield was was electric. Just yeah, it was class. It was from the anthem to the build up before because you had France and Ireland's game, yeah. um, and then Edinburgh being Edinburgh, walking into the city is, is quality. Yeah, it's a great place for rugby, isn't it? And Will, have you been watching Six Nations? 
I have. Yes, I have. I enjoy actually over here because we've got an eight hour time difference. Kind of, it's my morning. So a little bit oh, yeah. of breakfast, bit of Six Nations on. Um, it's been really entertaining as well, the, the games. I mean, I think there was a stat the other day I saw about the, the time ball in play was for some of those uh, games over the weekend. And, you know, as, as and I, I'm the same as Ben. I'm watching it as a fan and thoroughly enjoying it, all, all, all the matches. And obviously, I'm sure there's some talking points as well. Yeah, and I was at Twickenham on Sunday for England versus Italy, very kindly hosted by the Chapper, who um, we will be doing some work with over the coming weeks at Loose Ends. They're a clothing business that will pair you with a stylist to design outfits uh, specifically for you and your lifestyle, and they will then send you a box of clothing. Keep what you like and return the rest. Great idea. Um, I probably need a bit of that, and we're excited to work alongside them very soon. Um, Will, Coming on to sort of the first part of the podcast, uh, the guest from the episode before has left you a question. So that's from Rosie Galligan, and she has asked, which two rugby players would you take with you to a desert island and why? Gosh, I mean, first Great of all, question. The, the, pro- the problems in that question to begin with, taking rugby players to a desert island. <laughs> oh, my days. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Um Put me on the spot here. Well, I tell you what I'll do is I'll use my current teammates. How about that? Because otherwise, yeah, I'm going to spill into. Um, so, um, yeah, and let me let me think. It's coming to you next, Ben. By the way, just so you're aware. <laughs> good, good question. Good question. You know, you know what? I, I'll tell you just from a San Diego perspective as well. So he's obviously recently retired, but I reckon Chris Robshaw knows a thing or two. Even though, like, he's um, you know, London boy good background so both him and I would probably like <laughs> we'd probably struggle in the wild but he's intelligent um good with the groundwork um mm. you know good engine on him so I'm I'm assuming that he, he'd get through some work on the island so I'll pick Chris Robshaw as one of them uh I don't know how I've managed yeah. to pick him but I just I thought <laughs> I'd say that um and uh who else who else should I go with let's go with um, good friend of mine, uh, Marcel Bracky, uh, who's also a USA international and um, now here with the San Diego Legion. Uh, and I would I recommend him because, again, intelligent guy, um, great, great yarns with him. So wouldn't get bored. But I'm not going to lie. I don't think I'd want to be on a desert island with rugby lads. I'd be miserable. <laughs> Absolutely miserable. Um, oh, so, yeah, that's a hard one to pick. Good question, though. Yeah, very good question. Ben, what do you reckon? Yeah, great question. I um I played a football charity football match uh, a few weeks ago and Tom Evans was uh, was in the team and he went on Bear Grylls Desert Island. There you he, go. Uh, the one you get just chucked on an island and he said it was savage. <laughs> it was <laughs> it was literally no food, nothing. He was proper, he wasn't staged or anything, he was proper. They had to go hunting for food and it took him days. Um yeah, so he said he was savage. So phew, it would be I'd probably go for someone uh, like Dan Lydiard because he's a farmer, um, yeah. puts a shift in, knows knows how to, to grow some stuff, um, and then ooh, someone who's someone who can fish. Um, <laughs> See, I haven't um, thought like this sh- at all. I realised I should have thought like this. Yeah, damn it. Yeah, farmer and a fisher. That's what I'd go for. Um, yeah, Dan Lydiard and um, for for entertainment, I'll, I'll go for a good pal Eli Eli Walker. He's uh, super positive, um, so I'll go go with him. Nice, nice, really nice. And um, 
as as this is a an, an MLR podcast special, let's get into it and talk all things MLR. It's the sixth season that starts this weekend. Will excited? What should what should we expect? Yeah, look, I think it's always um, for me in the rugby world. Like MLR is this kind of blank canvas, which I think everyone involved in rugby wants to see succeed and grow, and I, I believe it is. Uh, so it's sixth season. It's kind of still taking baby steps. Uh, brand new team in the competition with the Chicago Hounds. So that'll be interesting. Uh, Chicago is a great city. I don't know if you guys have had any, any experience there. Um, but it's one which yeah brings a lot of excitement. Uh, new players coming over into the league um, and just growing. And, and I know that sort of sounds very cliche to say about it. But in all honesty, I do believe this league is, is great for rugby. Uh, not just obviously here in the US, but around the world. And I think people are sort of standing up and taking note of this competition. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be highly competitive. Obviously, for us at San Diego Legion, we're, we're very excited and um, keeping our cards close to our chest. But we, uh, we're in a good position ourselves, I think. And uh, how, how does the preseason look like with, um, yeah, over, over with you? Just because I, I say that because a lot of the female players, USA and Canadian players, they're all absolute, like, they're beasts, as in like they're strong, fast, agile, they're incredible athletes. So is this something that you focus a little bit more on um, over in America? I think, to be honest, uh, Ben, like the, the athlete-wise, US, I mean, you just said it, like covers it all. We, people who are quick, people who are big, uh, people who have got amazing footwork, big engines on them. But ultimately then it's about, you know, making sure they educate themselves in the game. Um, so that's probably just a quick thing to touch on. But it, in terms of the preseason here in the MLR, it's a little bit different than to that back in, in the UK, that we only have like a small window. It's only really sort of end of December through to about now, which is kind of big beginning of February. I've been used to pre-seasons back in, in England, in the Premiership and the Championship, whereby you, you know, you're in for two, three months. As I've got older, I'm not going to lie, I'm not complaining fantastic that it's a shorter pre-season but at the same time you know you do have to get up to scratch pretty quickly um with our first game on saturday the uh, the 18th of february so um yeah short short and sharp put it that way and uh you have obviously pre-season during christmas period so is it nice to have christmas where you're not playing on boxing day fantastic boys i'm not gonna lie it's <laughs> absolutely fantastic not having a boxing day game as well I actually had yes. my parents over, my wife's parents over uh, in California. So we had a proper Christmas in California this, or last year, I should say. So, um, yeah, it was very good. Nice. Nice. And for those people who aren't really up to speed on rugby across the pond, can you just give us an insight into the MLR structure and how it how it all works? Yeah. So um, similar to if anyone's out there and, and watches their, their, sort of their NBAs or NFLs, the American sports kind of like to split the, t the country up in two. So you've got the Western Conference and you've got the Eastern Conference. Now, there's six teams in each uh, of those sides. So the Western Conference will play each other home and away. Uh, the Eastern Conference will play each other home and away. And then we'll play. So I'm in the West side. We'll play the Eastern side teams just once. It might be we play New York away, um, but we play uh, Boston, for example, at home. Um, that accommodates basically a 16-game uh, regular season, and then we go into playoffs. Very American thing to do, um, whereby basically the top teams in the in the Western Conference play against each other in a playoff. You know, have a playoff within the top teams of the Eastern Conference, and eventually 
you meet the best team in the Western, Western Conference, plays the best team in the Eastern Conference for the MLR Championship final, which is on the 8th of July. So, yeah, it's a very American format. Um, it's a short <laughs> season, so February all the way through to July. Um, but it's short and sharp, as, uh, as I've sort of said before, a bit like preseason. Yeah. And what do you do for the remainder of that, uh, say, after July? What, what would you do? So, again, it really depends. So, we've got guys who go back to their, their sort of um, nation. So, you've got guys who go back to New Zealand. They go and play in the ITM Cup. Um, you've got guys who might go into Europe, trying to pick up contracts there, whatever it might be. Um, but then, obviously, for international guys, like with uh, the USA boys, that includes myself, you kind of have a window in July after the season. You then have a window in sort of October and November so you really kind of run your way pretty much through the calendar year. I, I think it works really nicely. I would love to see, oh boy, wouldn't we all like to see a sort of calendar year structure for every country in the way that we run rugby around the world. Um, but I also like the way there's quite a lot of breaks in there too. And when I've got a bit older, I love the fact that I've got a little bit more time off in the year too to uh, rest the body for that way. Yeah. Yeah, and you mentioned there, um, you know, you might get like a big away trip to New York and obviously USA, the Toronto Arrows in Canada as well. Um, all the clubs are quite spread out, a lot more spread out than here in, in, in the UK. And there's lots of traveling around for matches. How how do you find that? So I, at first I was really excited because I had just known, for example, a trip up the M1 from Northampton to play Leicester <laughs> or you've looked at the journey going, oh my God, we've got Newcastle away this week or Doncaster or Cornish Pirates away. I was thinking, yeah. here we go. The bus journey's coming. We don't travel <laughs> by bus. We don't travel by bus because America is a massive country. Um, but what I would say is, yeah, it takes it out of you. I remember we played New York last year in New York and we traveled on the Friday, played on the Saturday and came back on the Sunday morning. And to give you an idea, like that's a six hour plane journey from San Diego to New York. That's a three hour time difference as well. And it was mm. just crazy. I mean, we, we arrived in sort of late afternoon, early evening of the Friday. And then we played them at about, I think it was like a 12 or one o'clock kickoff on the Saturday. But for us, that's going forward in time. So that was the equivalent of playing, uh, having a kickoff at 9 a.m. in the morning. And then we were, you know, finished up that couple of beers obviously after the game and then you're on a flight back six hours uh on the sunday morning so it was like yeah I, I i've never experienced anything like that not even when playing in europe in like a champions cup you know you spend a bit yeah. more time in places and then also the flights are a lot shorter but but look it's all part of the uh the experience and seeing these places and you know i'd much rather a away trip to new york than let's say no disrespect to an away trip down to other places or up into some places in the UK. I'm not going to name them because I don't want to. Yeah, I thought you were going to name them then. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting no, for that. No. I was like, yeah, come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, not today, gents. Not today. PG. Glass. <laughs> and obviously, it kicks off this weekend. Why should people around the world tune into the MLR? Well, as I said before, I just feel like this is a, a, a league, a structure and a product which is just so modern uh, it's slightly Americanized and I've used that word before and I've been shot down for it, but I stand by it like it's entertaining. Um, you know, everything is geared towards being a modern day product for for fans, for young fans. You've got some top quality players that come in from around the world. I mean, even now in our team at San Diego Legion, we still have one of the greatest of all time in Maha Nonu 
He's still knocking about yeah. and still, Class. you know, sending seeds off his left and right, putting kicks in with his left and right, and still sitting people down at the age that he is. <laughs> so, um, is it is incredibly, you know, attacking uh, league as well. I would say probably the defenses are still sort of building over the years, but that's probably a good thing. So there's plenty of tries because the attack is is good. Um, and as I say, I, I, I just like that it's kind of like a blank canvas. There's no like traditional, no disrespect to the Premiership or the URC, um, although I do think the URC is a, is a modern competition, but like it is just different. And, and I really believe America and, and world rugby is growing for sure. And what's the experience like of going to an actual MLR game? Obviously, you go to an ice hockey game, you go to a basketball game, and like you said, it's Americanized, but it's just pure entertainment. You you don't have to like the sport to actually enjoy the whole experience. Is it something similar with the MLR games? Yeah, I think so. I think one of the biggest things, particularly for the new American fans, is you just need to get them through the gate. You just need to put it in front of them. Because in all honesty, I've never heard someone from the States who's gone to their first rugby game and gone, that was rubbish, that was boring. Every single time they come around or they come watch a game and they absolutely love it because it's just, you know, what rugby is. It's the impact, it's the speed, it's the variation. Um, <clears throat> what I'd say about MLR is um, we, it's, uh, some venues are better than others. I think it's getting better throughout the, throughout the seasons and actually our new stadium, which is Snapdragon Stadium, is insane. It's genuinely one of the best stadiums I've ever seen. It's 35,000. I don't know if we're going to get 35,000 for each game, but um, you can just see where the league's going with its sort of like state-of-the-art kind of um, facilities uh, for some of the teams. Um, and But don't get wrong, there's still that traditional ele element of rugby. You know, you can get your beer, you can get your hot dog, um, but then there might also be some cheesy sort of American-style entertainment out there as well. So... Um, yeah, I, I, I obviously thoroughly <laughs> recommend it. And I, I know you boys would enjoy it as well if you came over. Yeah, here's, here's an interesting one then. What can other leagues like over here learn from the MLR? So I think without getting too into it, but I do I, I do believe in kind of like a franchise model now. Um, and what we've seen in the UK, particularly with the stories of a Wasps and a Worcester um, and how let's be honest, financially, it is a bit in, it, it's a bit in ruin in the UK. I think the structure of the MLR being franchises, it's kind of like all under one roof. We, we have a commissioner then who's kind of in charge of the league. I'm getting quite technical, but I do believe like that is a good way of, of getting uh, your product in, in line and, and then also sort of really enhancing... Um, the franchise itself. So, for example, San Diego Legion. The Legion is a franchise here in Southern California. Um, for example, Seattle Seawolves up in um, up in Seattle. The Seawolves are like the, the franchise of that whole area, if that makes sense. So, you know, look, I, I, I just like the way how MLR can kind of go on its own course. It doesn't have to follow these traditional routes that obviously we have in the UK, like, you know, the Leicester Tigers and the Northampton, for example. Um, I hope that kind of makes sense. It's, it's, it's more, you know, commercial value, I feel, is going to propel forward rather than what we're seeing in the UK as a product. It's just traditional yeah. stuff, which I don't really think is going to make the future of the game that much more attractive. And do you, um, as an individual, obviously 
being in the UK after a game, uh, speaking to the media, it's a totally different outlook. If you look at some of the American sports, the American uh, athletes, they use the media to advertise them as a, as a brand themselves. Is that something that you've picked up over there and that you started to do? Yeah, for sure. And I, I'm a massive believer on it. And I think in rugby, you're starting to see it. The likes of someone like an Ellis Genge, for example, being a bit more of a, on, his, on, on his own out there as a character. I think the game needs that. We need players to be comfortable in front of camera and being accessible. Um, I do believe, you know, in the US, they do as a whole make that better. For example, you know, we've even talked about it here as a club, you know, on a match day, turning up and like some people obviously turn up to the game, you usually wear, you know, your club polo and your club shorts. Well, our emphasis this year is you can kind of dress how you want. So there might be a guy that rolls in in like a suit because you're always going to have the camera there taking a picture. And what the American guy says why they want to do this is this sounds weird, but like it connects with the American fans. They're used to watching their NFL players. You know, what's what was Patrick? There would have been a bet somewhere being like, what did Patrick Mahomes wear as he entered uh, the uh, Super Bowl stadium last Sunday? You know, it's just like that kind of like weird sort of individualized thing and people can connect to the player. You know, players have got their names on the back of their shirts, for example, and stuff like that. So their kids are sort of wanting to go out. Like, I want to be like him and uh, not as just a player, but as a person as well. And yeah, I think that's that's something which would benefit rugby hugely. No, I really like that. And at Loose Sense, we've been working in partnership with the MLR for over a year now and ahead of the new season loose heads has been named as the official mental fitness partner to the mlr which is very cool a brilliant opportunity for the loose heads message to reach a new audience out there and we've already seen an increase in the number of clubs getting involved in the usa as well so that's amazing and for those listeners who might not know the loose heads mission is to place a mental health lead at every rugby club in the world so if you're not involved already get involved join the family um i actually had some uh graphics through from the MLR this week to show that the Lucid's logo will appear on the broadcast graphics we've been told this week. So um, yeah, okay. really cool. And perhaps a Lucid's away trip to USA inbound, potentially, hopefully. Look, we'll you're, you're, we'll you're welcome. You're welcome in California, gents. And let's be honest, you're probably only going to want to come to California. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Get yourself over here. Let's talk about that then. Let's talk about California and let's talk about San Diego. You've been there for a couple of years now, Will. Just tell us how the move initially came out, uh, came about and um, how it's been living on the West Coast. Yeah, so it was back in, Jesus, 2021 now. Um, I was finishing up my, my contract at Saracens and speaking with sort of Mark McCall at the time. I had players coming back, the likes of uh, Max Malins, Alex Lozowski coming back. And I was kind of under the impression that I think my game time at the club was going to be probably limited. And the age that I was, I was like, I don't want to spend the last few years of my career, whatever it might be, particularly building up to, or come on to this, what I thought would be another World Cup in 2023. I didn't want to sort of not be playing. Um, So um, completely respect, obviously, Mark McCall giving me that information. And... My wife and I were getting married in 2021, uh, in August. And I'd always, every year since the MLR began, if you're a US international player, you're kind of poked to like a few emails each year or your agent being like, oh yeah, they're interested. And I always kind of put it off. I didn't feel it was the right time for, for us as a couple, but also just as me and my career. But then 
I just, there was no part of me which was like, there was a couple of things bubbling around in the UK, but in all honesty, my decision was made very early, right, we're going to go and do this. It'd be us as a married couple to come out to, to America and, and have this experience. Um, I would regret it if I didn't have the experience. And it's been one which has been just the best decision ever, both, both on and off the field. Um, so we arrived at the back end of 2021 into, into San Diego. Um, and I've been here um, ever since. Been back a couple of times to the UK for like weddings, but just not missed home at all. Um, it's quite hard to miss home, guys, if we're going to be honest, when the sun is shining and the sky is weirdly blue. I don't know if you've seen much blue sky lately, but <laughs> where are you guys from? But, um, no, not much. Not much. <laughs> yeah, so look, it's... Um, it, it, yeah, it, it was a, it was an easy decision in the end and one which I'm very thankful that we're doing. Um, and, you know, also for me personally to feel not just a value on the field, but also off the field as well. Again, coming towards, you know, the latter part of my career, I wanted to feel like I'm doing something good um, for the game, but also growing something as well, particularly in the US, which obviously I have a heritage towards. So, yeah, a sort of combination of all, all, all those factors and and here we are. We're still here in California. I had on my running order to ask you, what do you miss the most? And clearly nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Rob, I've ruined that. Um, no, I, look, I obviously miss, obviously miss um, family and friends. I'll be honest, the, 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 uh, we miss our dog the most. So we didn't bring our dog out to begin with. Um, yeah. So there you go. Yeah, he's with the in-laws. He's incredibly happy with the in-laws. But um, if I'm going to be honest, that is the thing I... I say I, we, my wife and I miss the most is our dog. And that's no disrespect to family and friends, but um, yeah, not much else, if I'm honest. Do you, uh, do you see yourself post-career staying out there and building something out there, whether, yeah, whatever that is, the next, the next part of your life? I, look, I, I think it's, uh, it's certainly something in, that's uh, I'm thinking about in the background and, and, and working potentially towards. It's not easy. Uh, we, we don't have to go completely into that on this episode, but you know, not only on a on a legal standpoint side of things, and so my wife can't work at the moment, but um, I think as well where we live is incredibly affluent. It's, it's one of the reasons it's amazing is is um, you know the, the beach is just literally a hundred meters away, um, but to start and like build life or transition out of rugby in an area which is you know. Uh, hard put it that way to to build family and whatever it might be and then talking about missing family obviously if we wanted to start thinking about building our family as a couple and you're away from your family miles away yeah there's certain sort of logistical aspects might be difficult but you know we never say never and uh i was reading your paper uh the rugby paper your um column in there was it you you wrote something and uh, even like you speaking now, just I love the way your outlook is on not just your career, but your yeah your your life, like your philosophy type of thing. It was a lot of ups and downs, but you're very grateful for everything that comes your way. And I think uh, yeah, I think reading it, I was just smiling reading it. You're such a you're such a nice and positive uh, yeah. 10, 10, 20 minutes, whatever it was. How long it took uh, it took me to read it? So um, yeah, I just really 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 enjoy your your outlook on everything it's quality well that i mean that's very kind of you ben i mean you know what though that that outlook hasn't always been there i'll be honest with you like over the years particularly being involved in you know premiership sides and in the sort of the intensity of uh uk and european rugby um 
you're you're all in it and I still am I, you know I, I'm still the first one to be self-critical and and think that I haven't been good enough today and what I need to work on whatever it might be but I think as you get older you kind of understand where you're at <clears throat> I think you understand the journey you've been on and I understand now it's kind of like well it's pretty awesome what I have done as much as I would have liked to have done a lot more but it's then also about continuing to hopefully you know I call it in that in that article um cool stuff I should say my friend and this not a lie, by the way. My mate genuine turned around and said, "Yeah, you've had a humble career, but you've done some pretty cool stuff as well." I was like, "Thanks, pal." Like, I don't know whether that's a little <laughs> dig or if it's actually like, uh, you know, well done. So, look, you know, I, I, I honestly, I don't know how much longer I, 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 I want to be in the game. I want to make the decision on my terms. So, I'm just literally trying to get um, everything I can out of it. Yeah. Yeah, we, we exchanged a couple of WhatsApps the other day, Will, and obviously this weekend you mentioned that it'll be your first game back in eight months, which is a long period to be without rugby. Uh, we spoke last week with Rosie Galligan about injury being a, a lonely and isolate, isolated place. And one of your Instagram posts um, after your, your shoulder reconstruction, uh, you mentioned how mentally exhausting the whole journey has been. Just Just talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, look, first and foremost, you know, any any rugby players out there, professional or amateur, will, will know injury sucks. So I'm not going to pretend that suddenly my injury was worse than anyone else's. Um, you know, I'm sure you guys, um, Ben, I'm sure you, you know all about injuries and stuff. But uh, look, it was um, it was during a time for the, the end of basically the MLR season and obviously then going into the World Cup qualifiers for the USA. Um, I tried to like almost play on with it, but it was a shoulder dislocation that had caused a bunch of problems in my in, in my left shoulder. Uh, here in the US, um, insurance, um, no one really wants to be liable uh, in, uh, in in the insurance world over here. But fortunately, that that all then worked out, and I had the most amazing care. Got to credit uh, Synergy Group who are here in San Diego. A big shout out to them because they are just some of the most amazing orthopedics I've ever come across um, in sport. I mean that. Um, so the level of care I got in the end was was incredible. Um, but obviously it was time uh, time out of the game, um, kind of waiting around, as say, on a surgery and and missing, trying to help the lads qualify for a Rugby World Cup, which I'm sure we'll we'll touch on in a minute with with the USA Eagles. Yeah, it was it was it was very frustrating, but you know what? Going back to California and being here with my wife, like that was the thing which probably kept me sane. Is I kind of walked out the door, the sun was shining. I was like, you know what? Even though this insurance stuff, or you know, just the general surgery, and you know, worried about whether I get back fit or not for the US, like it, it all sort of simmered down because I was like, well, look, look where I am. Like everything's all right, and. And yeah, and in the end, um, you know, I missed a whole load of rugby last year, but at the same time, shoulder feels good now. So it's one of those where um, tough at the time, but at the same time, um, all has all has come good. You mentioned uh, frustration and junior injury. What, what, what strategies did you use to try and yeah over overcome that frustration? Um, yeah, just out of interest because obviously a lot of players go through injury, and when you take away the play in that ability to express themselves, then that's when the the aggression, the frustration, they can't really can't really express that. So what did you do to to compensate that? Well, look, I'm a big believer in, in talking about your your issues. Um, you know, not overburdening someone, but 
I'm very lucky. I've got an incredibly supportive wife who's with me at the moment. I've got an incredibly supportive family and friends. And for me, it was, you know, I, I know I can get het up. I know I can get, you know, sort of anxious and worried. Uh, we've all got that about us, haven't we? And I most certainly do. Um, so if I'm just living in my own head about these things, that's never, that's never good for me. Um, so my wife and I decided, look, rehab hard but when we got the time to maybe go away on a weekend and we did went to go and visit some of the most amazing you know national parks around here in california or go and visit friends we went to austin and san francisco now i know that everyone's got the ability to do that but we did so that helped me to sort of like just keep my 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 mind on the on the positives um and yeah i think you know i i, I fully admit i am not perfect and i and i do say sort of wrap myself up in sometimes the negative um but you can just try and have good people around you and, and try and keep your mind off things whilst also having the background to work hard you know on the rehab it's like right i work hard on the rehab and then we're going to go and enjoy ourselves on a weekend you know in in wherever it may be um you know that that massively helped me and it ended up me not thinking about too much of the long term like right i have to get back fit for this time in the, like november when it was like three months away, I was like, no, let's just focus on the here and now of what I can do, what I can control. Um, and, you know, I wasn't always brilliant at it, but it was about like, right, I'm going to do my rehab today. Let's try and book a little trip somewhere on the weekend or whatever it might be. So I've also got that goal uh, to enjoy myself, take my mind off it too. Yeah, and I guess injury and then, you know, we've mentioned it there, life after rugby are both topics that we talk a lot about at Loose Heads and you've obviously been an ambassador for a, a few years now, Will, and you've you actually got in touch with us to say you wanted to support the cause uh, because of something that had happened in your own life. Um, what was that sort of why behind getting involved in Loose Heads? Yeah, well, look, I mean, first of all, uh, you know, kind of adding on a little bit to Ben's previous question, I, I, I'm a massive believer in, in and also doing stuff outside of rugby. So actually, sorry, Ben, I should have mentioned, I, I kept myself busy, busy with sort of media stuff as well whilst being injured, which just keeps your mind on something different. Um, because I think in, in, in our sport, it's this macho, masculine um, sort of sport where you can't really show weakness. And it's always got to be about the game and it's got to be about rugby. But guess what? Like, it doesn't always go brilliantly. You know, there are injury. There are, you know, when you're not performing well or, whatever it might be, you know, if you're, if you're just completely a one dimensional bloke or, or girl, then you, you're going to struggle. And I definitely realized in my career, you know, I had highs and lows through my mental health with, in terms of just being a rugby player. But then in particular, it probably really hit me. It was to that early 2021 um, and a former coach of mine uh, when I was at school, like a mentor looked up to him massively when I was young um, I remember I hadn't spoken to for about a year because he had sort of moved around a bit. And I got a call from a friend that basically said, uh, just to let you know that uh, I'm not going to name the name on here, but uh, took his own life and left behind um, his wife and, and, and two kids. That for me just was like, what? You know, this was a person who I massively respected, uh, admired, would never have thought he would have been in a position to even think about doing something like this, uh, let alone doing, you know, taking his own life. Um, and it was in the rugby community. And again, you sort of feel, you know, the rugby community, macho, you know, everyone's strong. 
And the reality is that actually, wow, you know, we don't look after each other and you know, check in with one another, then you never know. Um, that really hit me hard. It really hit the community that I was part of hard, uh, the community in Cambridge. Um, and I remember, Rob, I think Lou said at the time, I think you had a campaign that came out. I think it was just like a, how are you? Also, are you okay? Are you okay really at the time? Yep. And yeah. man, that was like the day after that happened. I was like, I'm not going to swear on here, but like, wow, like this was almost fate that this came along. And I just, I thought to myself, if there's any way, I'm not a big time rugby player at all, but if I do have any say platform or if I can help, you know, I wish I could have had a conversation with that, that former coach of mine previously earlier before those events, just to check in. You're always going to have that feeling of personal, could I have done something? And at this point, I was like, well, I can't do anything about it now, but maybe I can actually help in the long run in the future. And to be part of Loose Heads, which you guys are brilliant um, awareness charity to to help people in rugby to, to be aware of mental health and, and tackling it. So, yeah long-winded but that that's my why of getting involved yeah no it's it's great to have you on board and it's it's all about that there is such a stigma isn't there attached to that term mental health and it's not about ramming it down people's throats but just being aware of it um and just normalizing the conversation as much as possible and that's what you're doing well as as part of the Lucid's family so yeah just want to say thank you on behalf of um us really and and, and being part of it so thank you um we've mentioned a couple of times on this podcast, but we haven't got into it. So let's get through it. Let's get into the Rugby World Cup. The competition is later this year and it'll be a massive shame not to see USA there. Obviously, there are a couple of qualification matches against Chile. You didn't play in them well, but how gutted are you personally and, of course, the rest of the team that you're not going to be there in France later this year? Uh, you know, when you messaged me through, I thought we might talk about today and I saw that question and... You know, knowing it's a loose head podcast, I, I, I have to be honest. I, I was like a mixture of emotions. I was gutted. I felt sad. I then felt annoyed myself that I was sad because I wasn't actually playing. I then felt annoyed that I wasn't playing because I was injured, and then I was annoyed that I was annoyed. Uh, it was, it was, it was crazy. You know, I can't express to you really how much I had a goal of 2023 going to another World Cup. And you talked about one of the reasons why I came over here to the US, as I briefly mentioned before. It was kind of to put all my eggs in one basket on my rugby front and obviously enjoy the experience, but like be in this country to really build into that 2023 World Cup. And then when it just went like that and not being able to play in it because of the injury, um, uh, look, I'll be absolutely honest with you. The end of November, beginning of December last year, I really questioned. I was like, do I want to actually go in and do another season? You know, is my why for rugby, you know, what is that now? Because in all honesty, at that time, it was to go to the 2023 World Cup. And therefore, I was like, motivation probably at its lowest. Um, you know, I... I had to go and have conversations with 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 my loved ones and and, and other people out there who who could help me just understand my motivation and you know again I thoroughly advise if you do have those sort of things to go and speak to professionals or speak to your loved ones to to help you um, and I needed that because I can't tell you how 
I was kind of like, well, screw this. Like, what's the point? I'm very pleased to say that that, that sort of thought process, you know, only happened for a short amount of time and I'm back and I'm, and I'm looking forward to the new season. My perspective of rugby has changed, but USA not being in that World Cup is, is devastating. I think as a whole for the organisation, I don't think necessarily actually it's a bad thing. I think things have to be restructured and therefore hopefully we can move in the right direction in the future. But yeah, it was a real hard pill to swallow, mate, I'll be honest. Yeah. Is there um, something that obviously the team picked up regarding uh, what you can do to to obviously change, make things better? Obviously, you, you talked about the structure, but within the team, um, obviously you had a debrief of everything. What, what, what was the things that you highlighted that yeah you wanted to, to improve um, going forward? Look, I, I think we, we realise as a group and I think as an organisation, and I can only speak on my own personal opinion here as much as also, you know, conversation happens. I'm not speaking from the US rugby perspective, but yeah, we need, we need more time with each other. Um, you know, in the year, getting everyone together is such a hard thing. America is such a big country, guys playing all over the world. It's not easy to therefore have like a camp, an alignment camp to, you know, I've had times, test matches where, you know, autumn international, you, you turn up and literally that week you, you, you're playing an international the weekend. You know, that that can't be the, the norm uh, if you want to be at the sort of top end of international rugby. Um, I think as a whole, the structure in the USA needs to be looked at, but I'm not going to go into that on, on this podcast. But I think as well, speaking to the guys that were playing, there was, there was confidence, but that kind of internal confidence to carry out what, you know, game plans and, and, and everything and being individually confident, I'm not sure was purely there. I think we were probably playing with a, too much fear um, because guess what? You know, the World Cup was on the line. We were the kind of ones to beat. The USA were probably deemed favourites to qualify. I'm not sure we dealt very well with that favourites title. But look, all those are uh, uh, maybes, ifs and, and what could have been. Um the reality now and I stand by it I didn't I wouldn't have stand by it back when it happened but I think maybe this might be the best thing for for the organization and for USA rugby to just start from scratch and rebuild um in in, in all senses and hopefully you know we've got a 2031 home world cup in the US you know that's got to be the goal um to getting stuff sorted uh across the board uh with USA rugby is there an excitement building for that now obviously Obviously, the women's are over there as well in a few years. So is there a big push now? Can you feel it um, within the MLR? Can you feel it within the USA Rugby, that excitement's building? Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, 2031 for the men and 2033 for the women. Um, I think rugby is growing. It's it's taking baby steps, as I've mentioned before. But we've got eight years to really sort it out. And, and, and people are going to be like, oh, well, yeah, we need to make sure for the 2027 Men's World Cup and you know that where yeah, I agree, but like seriously, eight years to sort it out. MLR to grow, pathways to properly be introduced um, that are tangible, that are efficient, and I'm talking about the college system out here because guys, it runs so different to the UK. Just sport over here, it's all based on colleges, and you come out of college into a professional setup, drafted, whatever you call it. Like rugby really has to find what is the pathway to get the talent in and then make sure it, it then gets expanded and, and gets better. Um, but it's growing, yeah, for, for sure. Um, unfortunately, in my playing time, I'm probably not going to see it. 
but I'm hoping the next few years it really starts building. Investment comes in even more. I think you'll see building up to that World Cup. And, you know, I'd love to see the national team doing what Japan did, for example, as they built towards 2019. So um, I'm confident, I'm optimistic, but I'm also realistic that it's going to take time. You've definitely got another World Cup in you, mate. There's plenty of, uh, plenty of years still left in those legs. <laughs> I don't know, babe. We'll, we'll, we'll see. It's, um, yeah, with injuries and and whatever. Um, I don't know. I'm with not, our vitamin D out there, mate, you should be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something, something like. But yeah, stay in California. Probably that will. Yeah. Be half, half the battle, yeah. <laughs> and you mentioned the the pathways there, which is quite a nice segue into the community question. So the first one, um, we we put you know this out on on Instagram, and and we've had three. Well, I've chosen three responses. Uh, the first one is from Caleb, um, and his question is, what's your advice for the high school athletes that want to play at college or go pro? So it, it's interesting because, yeah, as, as I say, the, the, the system here in the, in the US is challenging. Um, I think for, for me is align yourself, you know, hopefully with the, the teams that are in your areas, also the MLR organizations, you know, get involved in those kind of camps or academy setups or get involved with coaches um, that hopefully can can build you into that having them on your books um, and then making sure they keep an eye on you so definitely be proactive with that but I think for the for the college and, and, and school guys is is play you know the one thing I, I've seen yeah. with the US guys is is the amount of rugby they're playing throughout the year chopping and changing changing between 15s and 7s just to try and get like a string of games like play as much as you can and and watch rugby as much as you can you know uh, enjoy doing that you you should be playing all sports as a youngster but you know if you're quite rugby focused by the time you come to the end of high school and obviously when you're in college educate yourself one thing i would say with the americans is we've got the athletes we now need to be educated or they actually they should be educated in the game so go and watch six nations rugby go and watch your mlr teams get involved with the mlr sort of programs um you know hopefully those are just a couple of things that might help yeah yeah no really nice and the other the other two community questions are from pros first one is from your usa rugby mate paul mullen who also plays for utah warriors and he says or he asks uh what is your favorite dessert spot in san diego yeah. Uh, I think this is such an inside joke, so I'll explain it a little bit. Right, so, okay. Yeah. Me, yeah. me and Paul. No, no, no. Don't, don't worry. It's, it's nothing. It's nothing. It's, it's, it's PG. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> me and Paul Mullen, and uh, me and Paul Mullen over the years have been on many a tour with each other, and we just—I don't know why—but we just had this thing where every week on tour, we'd have to go to find the best dessert parlor. So I'm not joking. I've been to dessert parlors in Fiji. Miami, um, Denver, Europe, Romania, Dublin, uh, Japan, you, you name it. Me and Paul have sussed, sussed out some of the best. So come and find me out, follow me and send me a message if you're in, ever in a country and you think, where's the best dessert parlor? With me and Paul Marlin have the answers. Um, that's the San Diego. San Diego, we, we've actually got a, a brilliant ice cream chain called Handles. Um, so Paulie, when uh, they're down actually soon, they're our first game, Utah Warriors. So I might try and take him to handles, uh, fatten, fatten him up a bit before the game, so he's a bit slower on the path. So uh, uh, yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, a bit of a tradition for me and Paul. Amazing. 
Amazing. And the next one from Blair Cowan, um, former Scottish international, obviously now playing out in Japan. And his question is, are you the king of organised fun? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, BC. I knew this would be a stitch up. Um, I'll tell you what, as as a wise man once said to me, he said, there's nothing better than organised fun, but forced fun is no fun. So um, anyone who's been involved in anyone who's been involved with a rugby club knows that a team social has to be run well, um, and therefore uh, organised fun is key. If I can play a part in that organised fun, then I'm more than willing to to make sure that it's it's proper fun. But remember, guys, force fun is no fun. That's a great. What's saying. the best event you've uh, you've planned? That's flipping heck. No, I, I haven't done that much. It, it, was, it was actually more of a recent... It, Blair's... I know he's asking that just for more of a recent time. We had a, we had a good social that involved a pub golf. Um, and uh, got to say, everyone bought in very, very well. Some outstanding outfits. Um, and uh, no, I am I, not the only planner uh, when it comes to organised fun. There's plenty of people who, who, who step in. And I, and I have to admit, I... I have learned, or I should say, seen some quality, quality team socials organised. Shout out to Dylan Hartley when I was at Northampton, probably one of the MVPs for organising. And then also to Hayden Thomas when I was at Exeter. Outstanding, outstanding organised fun. Um, <laughs> uh, and then lastly, Alex, Alex Goode. Alex Goode, Michael Le Bourgeois, yeah, those two, Michael Le Bourgeois at Bedford and Alex Goode at Saracens, yeah, they, um, those guys, uh, those guys do well. <laughs> cool to hear. And um, onto the the pensive pre pod poo ponder, which is essentially the thought of the week, and it's sponsored by Sam James, and he has sent us a voice note again this week. So I'll just play it down the mic. So I'm just trying to think what superpower wouldn't you want? What's the least attractive superpower? Gosh. Bit of a tricky one, that, isn't it? Okay. What's the superpower that I think seeing into the future? You know, I, I, I don't I don't think that's I don't think that's necessarily something you do want to see because you've got to be in control of your own destiny. God, I'm coming out with some quotes here, boys. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You got the social clip sorted. Absolutely sorted. (laughs) Talking about social clips, we um everyone that comes on the podcast, we set them a challenge. And we were thinking with this being an MLR special and you playing this weekend and kicking at goal, you might be able to do a loose head celebration for us. And when we had Jacob Umaga on in season one, he did the old Jesse Lingard celebration, which is essentially like a, an L and a H in there. So I'm thinking potentially we could make that a little bit of a loose head celebration and get you doing it. I, I'll give it a go. Look, I, I'm, all, I'm all for um, promoting the brand. So um, if I get the chance, for sure. Is that for, is that for a try or a convert, uh, penalty kick? PK. <laughs> Ben, mate, I, I don't score tries, my friend. No tries. I wish I found a try line. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair. I, I'm an assistant. I'm an assistant goal kicker. So, uh, yeah, as a 10, you, you, you struggle to find a try line many times. So, I'll do it whenever. If I make a good tackle and it's on the TV screen and have the time, I'll do it. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's brilliant. And finally, just before we finish up, what is your question for the start of the podcast with our next guest? Oh, yeah. Um, so assuming if it's a, an ex-player or whatever, I'd love to know 
what point in their career, and I mean like a point, so it could be a season, it could be like a tour, it could be like a game, did they feel the most free, the most uh, enjoy, enjoy, enjoyable moment in their career? And I, and I want to know like why. I don't need like the match or whatever, yeah. but how they just felt like they were just the, the most free that they've been as a player. Can I hear, can I hear your answer? Is that right, Will? Yeah. Good Damn it. Um, Good no, no, that's Put fine. Spot. No, I remember um, it was a tour. It was 2018 and it was America tour. And we played Russia, Scotland and, um, and, and Canada. And we, and we won all three games, beat Scotland. First time we beat Scotland. First time we beat a tier one team in Houston, 2018. Probably one of the greatest nights of, I've ever been both on and off the field. And um, and in all honesty, I, I was playing fullback around that time. I wasn't necessarily like carving up or anything like that, but I just felt so comfortable and just loved that three, four weeks. If, if rugby was like that for three or four weeks, like great set of guys, we were training hard. We were enjoying each other's company. We were getting results. We felt so comfortable in our system. Um, it's one of the things where I always think about the US as well. I'm like, geez, like, why can we not have that every time? <laughs> we were too much of an inconsistent. Yeah. Oh, throughout my career, I've probably been too inconsistent. Um, but that was a that was a time where, honestly, um, maybe another couple of times in, in my career as well when I've been at <clears throat> been in the Premiership and uh, or at Bedford. But like, yeah, that that summer tour in 2018, I just was loving life. Not gonna lie. Yeah, really nice to hear. Will, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. It's always a pleasure speaking with you and best of luck for the start of the season this weekend. It'll be good to see you back out there playing. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. And um, yeah, pleased to still do my part for Loosehead. So thanks very much. Yeah, thank you, mate. Great to meet you. And uh, all the best on uh, Saturday or Sunday, whichever the day is. Thanks. Yeah, Saturday. Cheers, guys. Yeah, thanks, Ben. Appreciate it. (laughs) 